the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 128 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes365, and you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. And if you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook group, Baseball365, where we have members talking about baseball every day of the week, month, and year. And man, it's been popping today with the trade deadline happening this afternoon. A lot of great conversations going on over there uh, all week long. And the best way you can support our show is to go to iTunes. If you haven't done so, uh, just we'd really appreciate it if you took a few moments, left us a five-star rating, and write and say a couple nice words about our podcast in the um, by writing a review. If you did that, we would be very appreciative. And as always, all of these plugs can be found in the show notes. That means, and just to explain, I probably most of you guys understand that means if you open up the podcast where you're seeing the description for the podcast i've got all the links in there just two nights ago andrew and i were recording and at the very end of our last episode which if you haven't listened we were talking about the trade deadline all the way up through wednesday night and what we expected going forward and i said to andrew i didn't think there would be much out of the blue that would happen in the next couple days maybe we won't record after all because the original plan was to record once then and maybe do another one over the weekend after the deadline and i was wrong there was so much that happened in the last two days that andrew and i are back here and we're going to talk about all the trades that happened on thursday and friday uh shocking ones and I think there's there's a lot of discussions to be had that we hadn't had yet. All right, let's get Andrew on. Andrew, opening question. Has this been one of the best trade deadlines of recent memory? Absolutely. It has to be. I I can't remember. Gosh, it's just been chaotic. I was saying my brain was fried today when it, the deadline hit at, you know, 4 p.m. Eastern or whatever. I couldn't just grasping it all. and Man. Tons of guys on the move. I got to say, I love that it was on Friday because I'm usually working. I'm working from home on Fridays. Typically, we have a conference call in the afternoon. So from 1.30 to like 2 or 2.30, I was half on a video conference call and half sitting there looking at my phone. But <laughs> it was a, it was crazy. It was a great trade deadline day, but I don't think it was much different than a lot of the others from the last decade. But what I think what made this week so – what this – trade deadline made it so great is all week long it felt like it was a hot day like monday through friday there was something happening every day and i don't think that's typical it was definitely active yeah today even felt crazier than normal to me like for the last day but yeah it was just nuts the whole thing it was fun and like i said just a few minutes ago i didn't think we really would need to get back here i was like "Eh, i think we've covered a lot and man, was I wrong. <laughs> I mean, ju- just even on Thursday, the things that were happening, I'm like, okay, I think I, I think I might be wrong about that prediction. <laughs> Before we talk about Thursday and Friday, I want to talk about one of the things we discussed on last podcast, which uh, was the F- Miami Marlins trading Yumi Garcia and the closer role being open. And we still, I, I the game, they were up seven to five, if I recall right, or something like that. And we didn't get any yeah. definition that game because I think it was tied up not long after, right when we finished recording, if I recall. But um, Friday, as we're recording tonight, the Miami Marlins were losing one nothing to the Yankees, and Bender came in and pitched the seventh inning. So I, I, I think. We're both in agreement that it, you know, we weren't sure before, but I think we're both less sure now. I, I'd say that Floral is probably getting the first save chance, if I was guessing. But I like I'm leaning that direction at this point, as compared to leaning the other way. Would you agree? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's it's just so fluid. I mean, whatever happens tomorrow or the next day, you know, the first shot. But yeah, I probably would bet on floro now i don't know it could be either one if 
Bender, let's say, pitched the eighth inning tomorrow, and Floro got a save on Saturday, as like on Saturday, their Saturday game, and Sunday Fab came around. Would you be more like? Would you even add Bender in leagues, like a let's say a fifteen team? Maybe, maybe for maybe for a buck, yeah. Okay. Just give it a week. But Floro would be the one that if you had, yeah, if you I mean, grab the- one, you're grabbing him. Yeah, I think so. The guy that gets the first one there, I mean, is probably going to get the attention, you know. As long as he, they they get the job done, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we've got a wild Thursday and Friday. I've got as many show notes, if not more, than what I had when we recorded last. So let's get started. And we are going to start off with a team that I don't – I can't remember if we discussed last episode. That would be the Rockies. Let's talk about all these deals they made. Did we discuss them last time, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it did nothing. And that's Andrew. all and that's all the deals they made. <laughs> yes, we just listed them. Actually, no, they traded Michael Givens. So we should yeah, get cre- give credit where it's due. They congratulations, you traded Michael Givens. Uh Trevor Story, they discussed with teams, and I think it was the Mets that they were having squabbles with and ended it ended up with one report getting out there that the Rockies, what they were asking for was so far off of what anybody else was asking who was selling a two-month rental that it, they just had unreasonable ex, uh, demands on what with story, and nobody blinked. So the Rockies still have story. They still have John Gray, who has two months left on his deal. That The reports were coming out that they were just going to hang on to these guys and give them qualifying offers and get second round picks for each of these guys. And then Herman Marquez was not signed or traded either. Andrew, I ranted enough last episode. Why don't I just ask you, what are your thoughts? Um, I don't get it. I mean, I, I'm really surprised that uh, Boston wouldn't get John Gray. Like, why wouldn't they do that? Oh, they could have tried. I mean, I don't know. I, I say them because they didn't do anything either, really. Mm-hmm. They didn't get any starting pitching, and they need it. So makes makes all the sense in the world that match. I don't I don't get that, but yeah, I think we've gone on long enough about the Rockies. It just doesn't make any sense. Anything they do, I don't get it. You know, there's that saying that like people are playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. You could say that about Andrew Friedman and the Dodgers. I think I'm trying to think of what the next step down is that you'd be playing. Like like can like Candyland or yes, something. Yes. <laughs> the Rockies are playing Candyland while the re- 20 28 other GMs are playing checkers and Andrew Friedman's playing chess. I think that's the new thing. Rockies yeah. play Candyland while everybody else plays checkers. <laughs> that's yeah. I'm I'm going to I just thought of that. I'm going to start running with that one now. Okay. Uh I I could keep ranting about it. I just I'm um, I guess I'm tired. <laughs> and I'll probably manage to work it in a couple times during this episode. So we're just going to move on cuz there's plenty more to talk about. And we're going to move over to Toronto who acquired on Thursday they acquired Brad Hand and on Friday they acquired Joaquin Soria, two relief pitchers. And on Friday night, it looked like hand pitched at the eighth, if I saw right, and Jordan Romano got the save. Is that correct? Yep. So, uh, is uh, would you drop hand now, or if like no. to chase? Let me ask this: it, Would you drop hand for Floral or Bender? No. Okay, so you're still holding to see if there's a committee there. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't drop hand for. At least a full week. I would give it a full week. Okay. I don't disagree. I I have hand in one redraft league with transactions, and I'll probably give it a week to see, especially because I did pick up David Bednar, who I think will be closing for the Pirates. So I'll probably hang on just to see, but I don't think he's long-term going to be on my roster. So. Yeah. I mean, it's – I would just let that play out for a week if I had hand um, – and I don't think it's clear cut enough with the Miami situation 
even if one of them gets a save, like I'm not going to love Floro even if he gets a save, you know, I, I don't know. So I would just, I'd hold hand for a week at least. Joaquin Soria has gotten quite a few saves this month for the Diamondbacks, but I have him, I think, in a few draft and holds, so I'm not going to be cutting him. But if you picked him up in a redraft league, you can cut him though, right? Probably, yeah. Um, Was he even with the team tonight? I don't know if he was even there, so. Not sure, but I was surprised how many players were at the games for their new teams tonight. Yeah. It surprised me. But um, yeah, it's probably okay to cut Soria. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a couple days here. I'm curious to see if like Romano sticks in the ninth or what they do. It, it's probably going to be a little mixing and matching, I think, and maybe they'll all get save opportunities. You know? Yeah. Or maybe they go righty lefty with Romano in hand. Yeah. Yeah, I can and see that. Soria, while we're on it, I just remembered that in our last podcast, we were talking about Soria and Clippard and the save situations. Did, Clippard did not get moved, correct? I think Clippard's I don't, still I there. don't believe so. Yeah, I think he's still with, with the Diamondbacks. And when we were recording, Clippard ended up getting the save, and Soria pitched the eighth inning of that game. So I would imagine Clippard's probably the guy to have. Like, if I had... If I had Soria, I would definitely cut him for Clippard at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, uh, moving on to other deals on Thursday. The White Sox landed Cesar Hernandez from Cleveland. I really don't have much to add. I like the trade. I like the landing spot. But I, I did want to give Cleveland some credit. And I really probably, like, they deserve to get a lot of slack because they have chosen to deal a lot of players away and continued to play the small game whenever they really could have a really competitive team right now. But I like that they were willing to trade in division. I I think that that's something not enough teams do. And we saw it also happen with Miami and Atlanta today with Duvall going back to Atlanta. And we'll get to that in a little while. But I just give teams like that credit because if you're going to trade a guy and you're going to be getting an asset, why – if, if it's all things equal, why not get the guy off this team in your division? I think people worry too much about getting burned, about like giving a player up. But if I'm the, the Cleveland, I'd rather grab the player, like empty out the farm of somebody in my division. Yeah, well, not they're emptying out the farm for C.J. Hernandez. <laughs> Taking I get, a piece. I, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the other thing is, too, is if you're – if you're not going for it, you're trading your veterans or you're trading your expiring contracts, whatever. What's it matter if it's in your division or not? Especially unless it's a stud or something. I don't know. Like with an extra year, I even feel like it. You know, if the Indians are telling themselves we're not going to win, Cesar Hernandez doesn't mean that much. You know. Yep. Okay, moving on. Uh, he did. He did hit second for the White Sox tonight. So did that he? could be a wow. cozy spot. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's probably a good thing for his stock. You're going into a better hitter's park, better lineup. If you're hitting second in the oh, lineup, definitely. that's a, yeah. he could be really I don't know valuable. if he'll I don't know if he'll be second like once everybody's in there cuz they got a few guys out, but yeah, maybe. I mean, you never know. Yep. Uh next up, after the Mariners had players very upset after Kendall Graveman was traded, they went on and traded away um uh, pitchers JT Sharkwell and prospect Austin Shinton, Shinton to Tampa for Diego Castillo. Uh, first, just fill in the blank here. Diego Castillo, now that he's a Mariner, is a top blank closer. Uh, are we sure he's the closer? No, but I can't imagine he's not. Because... I mean, I guess you got a good point there. That... Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not that confident, but if he is, I'd say like 15 to 20 maybe. Man, I'm higher than you. I Maybe I haven't watched him as closely this year, and now, now you're making me want to go look. Because in my head, I was thinking 5 to 10, just because he's been so good for the last few years, but he always had the Tampa thing lurking. Yeah, he's been pretty good this year. I guess. Yeah, I, I may be underselling him. I, it's... I want to see him get some saves. I just I don't know if he's like the full time guy. I mean I don't know. Well, so. yeah, and Seattle has mixed and matched some, but 
until recently, I felt like Graveman was doing a very good job in that role whenever he was healthy. I guess that's a fair point. I, I just think that he's a good – like he is a different level than all those other guys in that pin. I think I think he's yeah, going to be the guy. Be. But if if he's not, then, yeah, I take that back. Um, Austin Shinton, that's a name that if you follow the Prospects Live podcast, uh, Eddie Almanguer has been a big fan of that guy. And it's funny because on Tuesday, like the Mariners double A team is here in Springfield this week. And I was planning, I'm planning on going actually tomorrow's Yachty Molina bobblehead night. And I was planning on going to a couple nights this week. I think I've mentioned on this podcast that that's the, where Julio Rodriguez's team's at. But Julio's out there. I think he's in the Olympics right now, and he just was crashing into somebody uh, last night, if I saw right. So I would have had a chance to see him, but now he's in Tampa. Um, anything to add on Sharkwall or, or Shenton or move on? No, not no, not really. Okay. We got your first Cubs trade where the, like, the, of importance that we're going to mention here, and that would be when they sent Anthony Rizzo – uh, but yes, he sent Anthony Rizzo to the Yankees. So now he's going to be another lefty in that Yankee stadium. We just talked about Gallo and that being a great place for him. And Rizzo's already made an impact on Friday night. He homered thoughts, thoughts on this deal as a Cubs fan, you know, Riz, uh, or fantasy, any, anything you want to add here? Uh, I think it's an upgrade short term for Rizzo. In fantasy, and you know, just hitting in the middle of that lineup, and um, obviously short porch and all that. I think the trade itself, I don't know. I mean, Cub, what the Cubs got, and Kevin Alcantara and uh, Alexander Vizcaino, uh, hitter and a pitcher. I, they're fine. It's nothing too crazy, but I don't feel like you could have expected anything too crazy. So. I was okay with it, not thrilled, but um, yeah, I think it's an upgrade for Rizzo for the rest of the year. They made up for it. We'll be getting to Friday trades in a bit, but they definitely made up for it with trades on Friday. Um, All right, we'll move into the big one from Thursday. Thursday late afternoon, there were reports that Max Scherzer was going to San Diego, and then it seemed like within about 20, 30 minutes, we heard that wait the Dodgers sound like they might be jumping in and Trey Turner is also being discussed in a mega deal and that's what happened later on in the evening time they traded the the pronouns the the Nationals traded Trey and Max to the Dodgers for Kybert Ruiz Josiah Gray and two other prospects I don't know too well I don't think they're major players in this for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Trey has one plus years left on his deal. He's a, through the end of next year. Max Scherzer's a two-month rental. Two of the top 20 players in baseball in Trey and Max, and they got Kybert Ruiz and Josiah Gray and two prospects. I, I just, it's hard for me to, I'm just, I'll just ask you, what are the Nationals doing here? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like this, this trade just of all these trades, this one just irks me. I don't know. I think it, I don't know if it's, it's just not enough. Like it just sucks, you know? I mean, and the other thing is too, is like, how do the Padres let this happen? Yeah. Like they say he's going to the Padres. Okay. And then obviously it wasn't done. Dodgers jump in. But you mean to tell me that like this is the offer? Oh, we got to take that. And the Padres couldn't top it or the original offer was worse? I mean, I mean I guess I guess the Padres weren't getting Trey, so that's it was probably just a totally different thing. But um Yeah, I just I just don't get it, man. Like the Scherzer's thing I get 2 months if you decided to mail it in. Um, but they got a whole nother year at Trey and like all people have been saying, or a lot of people have been saying Kybert Ruiz and Josiah Gray are their top two prospects and all this stuff. But it's like, you're talking about absolute superstars like these, you know, 
and the tray thing. If it was one of the two, I could understand it more. You know, if it was Trey, like I think you even said, if it was just Trey, yes, and not and Max wasn't included. Um, I mean, if both Kiebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray pan out to be, you know, starting caliber catcher and a mid rotation prospect or uh, pitcher, you know, for the long haul, then it'll it'll probably be okay. But oh man. It's, I feel like they both have to hit. So, yeah, I just, I just don't like this trade. I mean, it just sucks. And Kiebert Ruiz, you know, there's a there is more value to Major League Baseball catchers than Correct. fantasy. But yeah. Kiebert Ruiz is not known for being a very good defensive catcher. There, I don't know where he's at today, but I do know that a year or two ago, there were big questions of whether he was even going to make it behind the plate. And being on the Dodgers didn't help because you've got to be a 60-grade player to be in their starting lineup. So getting out of there, that's a good thing for him for fantasy. Very good thing. But on the same note, I just, unless he is really turns it on and hits another level as a catcher, and Josiah Gray, like you just said, he better become a high-performance pitcher. It's just ugly. I, like you, Yeah, if this had been just for Trey, I wouldn't mind it. Or Max, I probably would have said, hey, that's a pretty good return for a two-month rental for yeah. Max. But yeah. it, to me, it feels like Max Scherzer was a throw-in for free in this. Here, we'll give you all this for Trey Turner, and we'll give you Max Scherzer. And I'm glad you said what you said about the Padres. Yeah, they like they didn't they they didn't have a shortstop hole to fill for Trey Turner. But if you're telling me that you have an agreement for Max and then you hear that this is what's out there from the Dodgers, don't you think you just you gotta you gotta go back to the drawing board and think, okay, let's let's we've gotta do this, if anything else, just to play defense. And I get that it's a dangerous game to play defense whenever you're talking whenever you But like do they want but like do they want to win or not? Exactly. I mean, you know, it's like I get that you can say it's a dangerous game, but I mean, they're clearly going for it. Like they want to win. Yes. And, and they have the pieces. I mean, and they have the pieces. They absolutely have the pieces. They're top. So I just don't get why. I just don't get why you half-ass it or you just say, okay, yeah, I guess the Dodgers get them too. I mean, the Dodgers are already absolutely loaded. You know, it's, I just can't, I, I don't get it. I just don't understand. I think Rizzo, the GM for the Nats, has done a fantastic job over the last 10, 15 years. But I'll, I'm giving him a big L for this right now. But we'll Yeah, losing Trey, losing Trey for all of next year, that's just, ugh, it's bad. Um, and you also said there are people out there defending the trade, and I've noticed that it's a lot of Dodger fans I'm hearing saying that. They're talking up Reese and Gray and saying that they gave up a lot, but I don't see anybody outside of Dodger fans. I've yet to see one person defend that trade that's not a Dodger fan. Yeah, we'll just have to see how they are. I mean, one thing I will do want to say is I think out of all the guys moved, um, Kibert Ruiz might have had his – fantasy value go up the most yeah of almost everybody i mean other than the closers but we're beating the closers into the ground and we don't know who's gonna close and who's not in half these on half these teams but um yeah i mean he's they moved john gomes to to oakland mm -hmm. so he's probably the starting catcher soon i would think yeah and he's he's a you know we all know catchers a wasteland it's gross. Anytime you can have get a young catcher with a hint of upside that's going to play every day, and I mean, I think that's kind of where we're headed with Kiebert Ruiz. So, fantasy wise, it's a good thing for him for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm just speaking in real life terms of trade. I just ugh. so did you look and see if Kiebert was in the lineup for the Nats today? He wasn't. No, I'm not sure if he's. I'm not sure if he's up or on their roster or what well i mean he may not have even yeah. been there yet i don't know well, but no he know. wasn't he did yeah i guess it was yesterday he wasn't in the starting lineup no i know that wow i um but i don't think that that means he won't be in a week or, yeah 
in a few days. I, I don't know exactly what's going on, but um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear now he's the catcher of the future for them. So In two catcher leagues, I'd be picking him up now regardless. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And Josiah Gray also sees a nice uptick because he should, he probably is going to slot right into that Nationals rotation now. There's, I mean, I think he's ready. Yeah. It's time. It's time to give him a shot. So that like both of them have windows open for their own uh, playing time. That's a good point. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Trey Turner is going to be at second base. That means next year he's going to be a second base and shortstop eligible in redraft leagues. He is a top blank player next year. Like draft. Where's he drafted? Yeah. Um, like two, three, four, somewhere in there. I agree. I think three. I, I mean, but I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it's higher than it would have been. As even as just a short. I mean, like I had him three when I did my. I I don't know if you remember when I did the my prediction for like NFBC ADP next year. Mm-hmm. I think I had Trey three. I, I mean, I'm just predicting how, how I think it's going to land. And I had Trey three like a month ago or whenever I did it. So, I mean, I don't think it changes much. Do but, you think yeah, his performance two, improves some? I mean, how much can it improve? I think it could. I mean, more runs and RBI just by being in that eh. lineup. I Marginal. Maybe marginally, but. It's, it's kind of like what I said about Mookie Betts. And when Mookie went even from the Dodgers to the – or boston to the dodgers last year i mean he was insane and i think trey could have one of those just absolutely insane years next year maybe more rbi i guess but i i don't think much of it i mean it's trey turner he's a superstar he was on washington and he yeah. will be on the dodgers you know just now moving on with the dodgers danny duffy was traded there from the royals after they got scherzer is duffy in that rotation or is he going to the bullpen when he's back and healthy I think probably the bullpen, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm pulling their I rotation really right. Now. I mean, he may make he may make a couple starts. Um, I don't know. Now that I'm looking, I mean, Kershaw is supposed to throw a simulated game on Sunday, and then he's returning late next week. They're saying, and that puts their rotation as at Scherzer, Bueller, Kershaw, Julio Urias. Those four are locked in, and you got one more slot for David Price, Tony Gonsolin. Danny Duffy. Yeah. I think yeah, he's probably in the pen. Wow. Man. But it's probably good for his health. I mean, he, he's had a yeah. tough time staying healthy. So. Yep, agreed. All right, uh, last trade from Thursday. Kyle Schwarber was traded to Boston. It sounds like they might be trying to play him at first base. You're a Cub fan. Do you think they're – so you might have a little more insight to this. Can he – you think he could do that? I always feel like everyone should be able to play first base. Um, was he in the lineup tonight? Oh no, he's hurt. Never mind. I was yeah, thinking he's on the IL. I, I was I was just thinking, did he get to the team yet? But yeah, I totally for blank that he was on the IL. Um, play first base, maybe he would definitely fit there on that team. Um, I'd be curious. I don't know how they're going to use him exactly. I could also see him DHing and. I know JD Martinez has played the field some. I don't know. I think they'll. I think they're going to try it. And I'll add that I think he probably already would have played first base by now had he not been a Cub through coming through his career. Yeah, they had Rizzo right. there, and I think that's yeah. probably where they would have put plugged him after after the catching ex, um, experiment there a few years back, but. We'll see. I hope he can pull it off. Boston needs a first baseman. They were in the market. A lot of people said that they were after Rizzo and did not get themselves a first baseman. They even sent Michael Ch- Chavez over, um, to Pittsburgh late in the day, and I didn't even bring that up in, in these notes. But Michael, I guess, Chavis um, going to Pittsburgh, I guess he might get himself a shot over there. Any thoughts yeah, on Chavis? Probably more playing time. I mean, he has power. It's a matter of playing time and I mean, I don't think he's very good, but he should uh, probably play there, I would think. Man, just like two or three years ago, he was a sexy name in fantasy baseball. It's amazing how quickly he went down, which I was never a believer, so I'm not too surprised to see it happen. Go this way. 
Okay, let's move into Friday. We got actually, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about everything from Friday. All right, so Thursday brought us a lot of trades, and Friday did not disappoint. Trade deadline days, and the first one we're going to talk about happened on Friday morning. That would be Toronto trading for Jose Barrios from the Minnesota Twins, and they gave up Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson. Uh, My response right when I saw this was, man, this feels like the polar opposite of that Dodgers trade we just saw the night before. What are your thoughts? I, yeah, I was, um, I was absolutely floored when I saw Austin Martin's name. When Simeon Woods, when Simeon Woods Richardson's name came up, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Or, you know, whatever, like they Mm -hmm. got Barrios obviously. And, and then I saw Austin Martin's name. Usually I always say this, but usually when these trades come out, the big name is the one you hear first or the biggest name. And so, uh, when his name came second, or at least I saw it second. I was like, just absolutely floored. I don't like it for uh, for Toronto. I just don't. No, I don't either. Uh, like I said, polar opposite. I think Toronto overpaid. That said, the you know talking. Well, actually, I'll rewind. Whenever it was first posted in our group chat for our league, which is where I saw it first, and when they mentioned Austin Martin was in the trade. And it wasn't, I, I didn't believe it. I was like, no, yeah, that can't either. be true. I'm like, and then I, they said, they said, Passan's, um, I shared that Passan was reporting it. And I'm like, I still don't believe it. <laughs> 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 um, what's, what's funny to me about this. I know we, or it was mentioned, but, uh, so Barrios's contract is through the end of next season. Correct. Uh, I will look that up, but I, I, it's, I know yeah, it's at least boy, another year. I'm almost certain it's the rest of this year and next year. And Trey Turner's is the same. And Minnesota got more for Jose Barrios than the Nats got for Trey Turner. For Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. And Max Scherzer. Yeah, I'm not even counting Max Scherzer. Yeah. Yes. Um, it That it, – it, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, am I missing something? Like, what am I missing? Nope, you are correct. And yes, it's one more year. Um, I mean, may- Austin Martin. Austin Martin's a better prospect than than those guys. I yes, mean, for sure. I get that he's not quite to the majors yet, but I mean, he was the number two pick a year ago and could have been number one. And um, I know they heard stuff about them having uh, concerns with his pop and all that, but I mean, I don't know. I just I wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have given that up right now, not for one year and a half of Jose Barrios. Also, too, you know, I think we can kind of agree it's it's not quite as much as I would love for it to be because I love my Jays, but or not my Jays, but I like the Jays. <laughs> <laughs> you got caught, but well, I mean, I love their players, like I like their team a lot, but I'll also admit they're not quite there yet, you know, and. To do this, now obviously they'll get Barrios next year, but I'm also just not the biggest Barrios guy. I guess that's part of it too. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, at some point they probably have to cash in some of these chips, but I think I would have been more likely to give up like Groshans or something if they had to do it. And Austin Martin can play all over the place. Like, I just think he's going to be valuable because he can kind of do everything. I mean, he's like a Swiss army knife in a way. So I don't know. I I don't like it for Toronto, but I hope I'm wrong because I like following the Jays. I like watching them and stuff. So there are definitely like, this is a telling sign. I've like, we heard rumblings that the Jays might be concerned about the drop in power. And Rich Wilson was even tweeting about that today or from prospects 361 that he saw him this year. And he was a little concerned with the what he was seeing in terms of maybe the power is not there, and that's all true, and or that all could be true. But on the same note, I remember hearing the exact same thoughts about Jonathan India three years ago. 
and, who was also a like I think a top five overall draft pick, who his stock went down. And I'm not saying that Martin can't won't will figure it out like India seems to be doing right now, but it's just a very valuable piece to give up for Jose Barrios. I just Jose Barrios to me on an elite team is a number three, number four. Like, is he that much better to me than Jamison Tyon? In my head, like I'm thinking about like uh, Jamison Tyon looked like he was pretty good in Pittsburgh, but when you put him in Yankee Stadium, he doesn't really, he's not, he's not the same guy. And I kind of feel like that might be what we're saying about Jose Barrios here in about a few months. What's, what's more valuable, like a half or two months of, Max Scherzer or a year and two months of Jose Barrios two months of Max Scherzer for me uh well let yeah me, if if you're the if you're the Tor- Toronto Blue Jays if you're the Jays it might it, it, well if you're the Jays it might be Barrios just Ugh. because I think that they're more likely to be um completely ready next year I just don't think it's quite time yet but yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, I think that two months of Scherzer is more valuable than a year and two months of Barrios, or at least for the Dodgers, it definitely. Or at least you is can argue. Valuable. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. It probably depends on the team, I guess. I'm, yes. I'm saying from like in a vacuum or whatever, but um, yeah, I just think they give up too much. Jose Barrios, value up, value down, value the same. Uh, I'll say the same. I, I always like it when pitchers like that go to a go to a better team i definitely think toronto is a better team than minnesota but al east mm-hmm. probably takes some of that away so i think it's about the same i would probably lean that it's the same but i think there's a much greater chance that it falls down than it goes up that's the way i'll say it is i could see him going there and getting shell-shocked and playing in those stadiums that he's playing in because when you're pitching in minnesota that means you get to face Cleveland, you get to face Detroit, and you get to play, face the Royals. That's 60 games out of the 160 you play right there in those three stadiums or against those three teams. And those are not good offenses. And so I, I think that that could have an impact on Barrios going from that to getting 60 games a season against or the Yankees, the Red Sox. And um, Baltimore, who's, you know, uh, it has a very small park to play in. And your home park in Toronto is a tough park to pitch in than Minnesota. So, yeah. All right, let's move on. Next up, we got Atlanta. They acquired lots of outfielders over, I think they were all today. They acquired Adam Duvall back, who, he was just there last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. He had a great second half with the Braves, went to Miami. He's been pretty hot this last month. They traded for Eddie Rosario. They traded, and then right at the deadline, they traded for Jorge Soler. So they lost Acuna. They've lost um, Marcelo Zuna. And now they've filled up with three outfielders there. They've already traded for Jock Jock Peterson this month. Where does that playing, how does that playing time shake out? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, Rosario's hurt right now. I don't think he's back. No, he's not back. Um, I don't know how it's going to play out. I, I mean, Jock won't start against lefties. I would assume Duvall's going to play most of the time because he's just having a big year, and he was good for them last year down the stretch. Solaire's hot so, right now. Yeah, Solaire's gotten hot, but he's had a rough year. Yes. Until recently, so... Yeah, it's kind of like they have four guys for three spots, but one of them isn't healthy. So until then, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. There, I think there will probably be like a platoon in there with Jock and I don't know Soler or Duvall, probably whichever one's whichever one's not as hot. I mean, Duvall's obviously had the better year, so but it's it's hard to say. I was surprised to see Atlanta make these moves, but you know, the division is open. They didn't, they didn't give up much. No, that's the one thing I'll say with that. And yeah, the divisions, the divisions wide open. At least they're taking some shots here. I mean, give them credit for taking shots here. Um, 
yeah, they they still have a shot in that division, especially as we've heard today. Uh, Jacob Degrom. It doesn't sound like we're going to see him till September, as he had more soreness. Correct? Is that what they said? More soreness? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, at least at least September. They're saying. Yeah, and uh, over under zero point five innings out of Degrom the rest of the year. Which way would you lean if you just had to guess one and put money down? In the regular season. Yep. Over, but I'm not confident. Yeah. I was wondering. Okay, let's get back to the trades because that's what we're here for right now. Yeah, and that's way more depressing than the yes. trades. <laughs> uh, the Braves also traded for Richard Rodriguez. Uh, closer situation in Atlanta is murky, but I think if you own Richard Rodriguez, this is one of the better landing spots you could have had because at least he's got a shot at being a closer here. Uh, are you just this a wait and see with Rodriguez and Smith? Yeah, I think this is another one like hand where I'd just give it a week, let it play out for a week, and then figure it out like um, next weekend. Yeah, I'm trying to see if the I know the Braves were playing. Oh, they yeah they lost. They the lost. Today. I think nine nine to five today. Yeah, they lost. Neither one of them pitched tonight. So, yeah, to be determined. I could see this one going either way, and I could be. I yeah. could see it being a split. Yeah, I could too. I could see this one going either way. All right, uh, moving on to the White Sox and Cubs made two trades. Uh, I mentioned Tapera earlier, but the big one happened this afternoon when they landed Craig Kimbrell from the Cubs for Nick Madrigal and Cody Hearer. Um, let's just start off with, or wow, but how do you feel about this as a Cubs fan? Uh, just so-so, I mean... I wasn't – I don't love it, but I didn't, like, hate it. It's just fine. Uh, one of my buddies was asking me my opinion today on it, and I was, that's kind of just what I told him. I'm like, I'm just – I've never been the biggest magical guy. I mean, it's a major league piece, though. Like, he's – he can hit and stuff. It's just – I'm just not a huge fan of him. So when I heard it was White Sox, I knew in my head, I was like, it's probably not a return I'm going to love because they don't have much. They don't have much in the, in the, uh, in the minors anyways, uh, which is what I was expecting for Kimbrel, you know? So I kind of was like, that's weird. I mean, how much can I possibly love this trade? You know? And I wasn't really expecting Madrigal. So that's a guy like, I mean, he'll, he'll play for him when he's healthy and he's fine. It's just, I'm, I've never liked him that much. I mean, he's, a good hitter, but like we've always said, singles, doubles hitter. I mean, it's just not a guy that's going to be a huge OBP guy or anything. And I think he's more of a, he's like one of those, I just think of like an old school leadoff hitter, but not a new school leadoff hitter because I just don't think he's going to walk a lot. And, you know, a guy that could hit like 310, but his OBP would be like 340. He kind of seems like one of those guys to me. So, yep. But he's okay. I mean, I, He'll be, he'll be in the major leagues and he can hit. There's value there, you know, in real life. So, and Hoyer's a good reliever. Yeah, so he is. I, I didn't think it was like bad or anything. I just wish, I wish it was a little different, but it's fine. The Cubs and Sox are in the same town, and they they're rivals to an extent, especially amongst fans in Chicago. I was surprised to see a trade of this this big actually happened between two teams in the same town. Does this happen often? Cubs and White Sox? The, uh, the Eloy trade. Oh, that's true. That was, (laughs) don't want to re don't want to revisit that one for too long, but, um, yeah, they've made other ones. I think, I don't know about a ton of them, but yeah, they've made other ones. Yeah. That Eloy one was a real big one. So, okay. I guess that, that answers my question right there. Yeah. Then we got the big conversation from this. Kimbrell and Hendricks, we got a closer battle here. Uh, my first reaction was there, there's no way they're bringing the new guy in and taking the job from Hendricks, who's been one of the best closers in baseball, especially because Kimbrell's a rental. But then I forgot that Kimbrell's got another year on his deal too, so both of them are under the same length of contracts. And, yeah, I, reports are showing today that they're planning on going with a committee here which that really sucks for two fantasy owners or 
Actually, what if you owned Kimbrell and Hendricks in the same team? You just cut your saves in half. Um, I, not much to do here. They're both still worth owning and starting every week, but it, that sure sucks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've got Kimbrell on my main event team, and I've got oh. I've got Hendricks in RM1, so I'm definitely going to be interested to see how it plays out. I I'm not confident, like, either way. I, I could see it going either way on who's the closer. I think it could be – I mean, I get what you're saying about Hendricks has been in there and he's been really good, but Kimbrell's just been – he's been that guy for so long. I don't know. I could see him coming in and being the ninth inning guy. I, I won't be surprised either way on this. I, or, or, you know, like you said, I mean, it could split – they could they could chop it and then it's I mean that sucks too so it, I don't think it's it's not good for fantasy I mean like I was saying I I can't believe that one of these two guys isn't going to be you know or is potentially going to be an eighth inning guy it's because they've been top five closures both of them maybe top three mm-hmm. this year so I yeah will it's, say def- something. it's deflating it's deflating if you own either one of them I mean you kind of almost have to just hope it's your guy that that gets it but um. Yeah, like I said, I, I think it could go either way. As a Cardinal fan, I will say that Tony LaRussa has always had one guy. Like, the only time he's ever gone committee is because he had nobody capable. Um, yeah. So, it, but he's never also, I don't know if he's ever been in a situation like this. But I still lean that he's going to end up picking one and going with him. I just don't, uh, Tony is, I, I think he's going to want to settle on somebody. I don't know who. So wait and see. Yeah. All right. Um, moving on to the Mets um, and Cubs making a trade where the Cubs sent Javi Baez and Trevor Williams to the Mets and they landed Pete Crow Armstrong. Uh, you got to have a great reaction to this one here, right? Yeah, this was my favorite trade that the Cubs made um, pretty easily. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong was like the guy in the 2020 draft that I wanted them to draft. I think they, I think they picked like 18 or 19, maybe 20. It was right in that range. And, um, the, no, yeah, somewhere in the 16 to 20 range. Anyways, Pete Crow Armstrong was all the mocks had him right in that range and they didn't get him. Obviously the Mets took him. Uh, I really like him. And, uh, yeah, I just, I love this trade. I mean, we've made our comments about Javi Baez. I mean, they had to get something for him and, uh, Pete Armstrong had a shoulder injury in May. And I actually read today that, and it makes a lot of sense, but if he didn't have that injury, he would have never been available in this trade. Really? So, yeah. Huh? So, yeah, I mean, good prospect. For those who don't know, I mean, stud defensive center fielder pretty much with speed and good hit tool and if the power develops. I mean, you you kind of look – I always look at those guys that are studs up the middle on defense. There's such a floor there that, you know, those kind of skills, they just – they don't go away. You know what I'm saying? It, mm-hmm. And um, if he can grow into power and those type of things, I mean, you're looking at a really, really good player potentially. So – I was Good really makeup happy too. About, yeah, I was really happy about that. I mean, and and at worst, he's probably at the end of the day a stud defensive center fielder, which isn't a terrible thing to have, you know, if the bat never develops fully, you know. So there's a ways to go. I mean, he's 19, but you got to get something for these guys. I mean, I've a lot of Cubs fans today are complaining, you know, they're selling everybody and all this stuff. They've had these guys for years, but it's like if you don't trade them, you don't get anything. And, um, yeah, I just think Pete Armstrong's a really good get. So, I think that this trade could go, like, wrong, and you still are like, that was a great, that was a great trade. Like, if Pete Crow Armstrong never doesn't work out, that's a, th- th- I still don't think that's one of those that you look back and really regret. Mar- Mariners fans were probably mad when um, they got Jared Kellenick for mm-hmm. Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz. Oh, you yeah, know? I'm sure they were. I mean – 
I'm not saying Pete Armstrong's that, but I'm just, it's, you can't, sometimes people just, they don't see it until they do, you know? So I, yeah, I just, I think it was a good move. There's a local Cardinal fan named Quinn who tweeted something today, tonight that I read. And it was an article that I remember reading six, seven, eight years ago. I'm just going to start reading it because this is about Jason Hayward. And Ed, here, I'm just going to start reading. When Jason Hayward was introduced to the Cubs last week, he explained his reasoning for coming to Chicago as wanting to be part of and grow with the Cubs' young core. He said in St. Louis, the Cardinals' core was aging, and soon he'd worried he'd be the only one left. Hayward specifically pointed to the ages of Yachty Molina, Matt Holliday, and Adam Wainwright. Not to call them out, just simply to explain they're not going to be around forever. Here we are today, six years later, and the Cubs just moved everybody and Adam Wainwright and Yachty Molina with the Cardinals. Yeah. Now, yeah, it's pretty funny. I retweeted it and I made sure I also said, now I doubt Hayward regrets it. He won a World Series in 2016, but I still found that a little funny as a Cardinal fan seeing that. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty great. And no, I wouldn't have told you six years ago Adam Wainwright and Yanni Molina would still be pitching and catching for the Cardinals and productive. Okay, um, Javi Baez going to the Mets. I think that might hurt the stocks for J.D. Davis and VR. That's just one extra spot in the infield. Eventually Lindor's going to return, and I think both of those guys might end up being less than 50% playing players. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah I mean, once once Lindor's back, they're the middle infielders for that team. So yes, one of them's going to, going to lose playing time for sure. It might be a hot, it might be a hot hand type of situation. McNeil, Jeff McNeil. I mean, he's, is he at third base right now? Let's see. He's at second Um, on the roster. I I couldn't remember where they've been playing him. So it's basically McNeil and then their outfield. Pretty sure they've been they've been playing VR at short because Lindor's out, I think. Right now on roster resource, yeah, that is correct. And now Javi Baez will be their shortstop. Lindor's or VR's at third and McNeil's at second. And I'd imagine whenever Lindor returns, all things equal, unless they've got an opening in the outfield that um we we see McNeil over at third base and both of those guys are bench bats. Oh, VR played. VR is playing third, I guess. Yeah, he played third tonight. Yep. I'm not sure how what how that shook out, but yeah, I mean, there, somebody's going to lose playing time. Obviously, I mean, it, like I said, it could just be a hot hand thing. So, next up, we got the Phillies. They traded for with Tex, with the Texas Rangers this afternoon. They grabbed Kyle Gibson, Ian Kennedy, and Hans Kraus, and they gave up former top prospect pitcher Spencer Howard. Now, as a Kennedy owner. I'm loving this because it sounds like he's going to be the closer. I'd say at least more likely than not, that's the guy that's going to be getting the saves. Would you agree? Probably, yeah. I mean, Philly's <laughs> – Yeah. I was thinking that Kimbrell would be a good fit there too just because mm-hmm. they're they're petting so bad. But, yeah, um, probably one of the best places Kennedy could have went. Yes. I, I actually I, – probably the best place the best right and then i mean i wouldn't drop ranger suarez yet wait and see the first save chance you never know but just uh, i would be preparing for kennedy to come in and get that spot yeah not a terrible situation in the nl east for kyle gibson i don't i think going there i i think that's not a terrible place we'll see if he can like it's not been pretty the last three or four starts i'd 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 recommend holding for another start or two in Philadelphia and seeing. But at that point, if, hey, he's, if he's still getting a, beat up. I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Who's who's going to win that division? Oh, you're going to ask me that? Um, I'm pulling up the standings right now. I know it's it's like a four-game lead, right? I think, the, I think going into today it was three and a half. They all lost today other than the Nats, and we know the Nats aren't winning yeah, it. Yeah, Nats so, are gone. And the Marlins aren't going to win it. So it's pretty much um, That's the Mets, Phillies. Phillies, Braves. I don't think it's like the Braves. Four, I'm not going to put games the apart. I'm starting to think that the Phillies could do it. They can. They're probably the healthiest. But, 
of everybody of the well of yeah the it's like you lose to grom and like the braves lost to cunha and yeah the phillies have most of their guys intact i mean i never thought i would say this by the way i think coming into the year i probably would have picked them to finish last i mean <laughs> like because i like the marlins a little bit more and that because they had a good year last year and i definitely like the nats more coming into this year so didn't you pick the nats to go to the world series <laughs> I just remembered. No, I picked the Dodgers. You picked them to win the division then. Division, yeah. Okay. I think so, yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's – I'm going to still say the Mets, but I do agree with you that it's open. It could easily be Philly or Atlanta. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm not going to pick Atlanta. I think they're they're the third of those three teams. Losing Acuna, that just hurts. But Atlanta's the only one with a – Oh my gosh. Atlanta and Miami are the only two teams with a positive run differential. Miami at 44 and 59 is a plus two differential. What do you mean? In the division? No, like run differential. They're, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're positive. They're positive. Yeah, I'm sorry. In the division, yes. That can't be right. The, Nets are, the Mets are negative? Negative two. At fifty, they're oh 50, my god! Well, they're fifty-four and forty-eight. They're only six over oh, five hundred. Okay, okay, yeah. I guess I was thinking they were more than that. But Miami is forty-four and fifty-nine, and they have a plus-two run differential. Wow! Wow, indeed. That's yeah. That's funny. <laughs> uh, Spencer Howard, you know, he was a highly regarded prospect a couple years ago. I haven't followed him closely because I haven't had shares, but I mean, reading today, it sounds like he is disappointed. Do you have many thoughts on Howard? Because I really don't have much to. Yeah, he's just add. he's just been inconsistent and in and out of the rotation, and I feel like Texas is actually a good place for him to go because that they can kind of um, throw him just out start there. use. Yeah, just throw him out there. You know, I don't feel like Texas has much to lose right now. They got to see what they got in a lot of these guys and. He's definitely one of them. I don't. I don't think that that's a bad move for them at all. So he has to have been hurt this year because he only has fifty nine total yeah, innings. Yeah, he's he's been dealing with injuries for sure. Okay. I don't know exactly. I don't remember exactly what, but yeah, he's definitely been dealing with them. Okay. Um, last trade deadline deal for the Cubs. Right at the buzzer, they sent Chris Bryant to the Giants for Alexander Canario and Caleb Killian. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this was just another one that was kind of like, that's eh, okay. I mean, I wasn't blown away by it, but there was, there was a lot of names in that Giants system. When I heard it was the Giants, I was kind of excited, and I wasn't thrilled with it, but it's fine. I the, mean, you just you just got to get what you can get, you know. Somebody had some bad sources because on MLB Network, they aired the first rumored return, which had um, Joey Bart in it. And I was like, wow, yeah. shocked. Yeah. It was like Bart and Lamont Wade or something. Yes, the that's one I what saw. it was. Yeah, and I, yeah, God, I hate those fake reports, those <laughs> fake fake accounts. All you people out there that make fake accounts on dr- trade deadline day, <laughs> screw you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Bryant goes to the Giants. Um, he's going to be taking some ro- uh, bats from somebody. Is it somebody who was relevant? Is my question. Um, I think they mix and match so much. I really don't know if it's going to hurt. Like, really? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to hurt. I don't think it's going to hurt anybody, like fantasy wise. Really, I mean, God, their team—it's just crazy <laughs> what they're doing. Yeah, but I, I think he's—he's going to obviously he'll be in the middle of the lineup. He's probably the biggest name on the team. You know, it's just him and Posey. Kind of wild, but. Yeah, he'll definitely help them out for sure. Yep, yep. It looks nice seeing his name in the in that lineup looking on roster resource. He's definitely going to help them. I don't think fantasy-wise it really changes at all his value, right? No, not really, no. And then we just had a – I got a couple more last trades here. Andrew Heaney went to the Yankees. Any chance of a rebound here? I was surprised to see him go to a comp- team that's competing. Uh, I think he's gotten a little bit unlucky this year. K rate's still pretty good. I think that he's better than he's shown, but I would have said that even with if he was still on the Angels. So, 
Yeah, I think he can um, bounce back some from how he's been this year. I mean, he's been pretty bad. So it's weird to see the Angels, who are further out. Like I do, I think they're less likely to make the playoffs than the Yankees, and they sell low on a pitcher who has shown he can be decent. I mean, like a decent major league starter to a team like the Yankees who are pushing to try to make the playoffs. It just, it, it feels weird. This one feels odd. Yeah. I guess the angels yeah, are just definitely. like, we're done. <laughs> um, another quick hitter. Miles straw went to Cleveland. Any change in value here? I don't know. Um, I think, I, I think I kind of like it for straw just because I think he's one of those guys that on a good team can get lost and not get I mean he's actually played a lot this year. Yes. But he's been hitting at the bottom of the lineup and he's one of those guys the minute that if they were to have acquired somebody or whatever, you can just get lost in the shuffle in Houston pretty fast. And on Cleveland, I don't know. I think that he's a lot more likely to play every day or or hit I mean, he was playing every day, but even hit higher in the order. Um yeah, I like it for Straw. I think it's he's just one of those guys that needs to play. I mean, everybody needs to play, but he's a guy on the fringe kind of, you know, where um you could see uh you could see scenarios with different teams where he would lose playing time and I don't really think that's going to be a problem in Cleveland. So, I think he'll play, he'll run and yeah, he kind of is what he is, but I think I actually like him better in Cleveland than I did in Houston. I agree. I agree with all that. And finally, I saved the best for last. The St. Louis Cardinals today traded for J.A. Happ and John Lester. Andrew, I hope you you might need to forget a co-host in October because did I'm they, already buying my World Series tickets. Did they give up Nolan Gorman? <laughs> uh, no. Um, honestly, people, a lot of Cardinal fans are upset that they didn't do anything this deadline except these two moves, and honestly, it doesn't bother me because I haven't seen what they gave up for Happer Lester. I can't imagine it was anything, anything at all, and I'd like they've had a lot of injuries. They need some just they need people to get innings, and if you're going to throw I mean, tonight the St. Louis Cardinals starter was Wade LeBlanc, so if you're yeah. telling if you're telling Man, me, they gotta have they gotta have the oldest rotation in history now with Wainwright too. <laughs> and Wainwright, Lester, Hap, LeBlanc, <laughs> Jack Flaherty. Man, Hap, could be man, Hap is Hap is so bad. Oh my god. Yeah, that guy just needs to retire. I feel like he'll probably rebound somehow. I feel like the Cardinals have magic with these guys sometimes, but Wayne man, LeBlanc's he's been so been bad. He pitched yeah. again fine today. I I don't understand it. I wouldn't be surprised if one of those two or both of them end up being okay, but yeah, I grabbed, I grabbed Hap and some draft and holds in like rounds 25 to 30 or somewhere in there. And, you know, just innings like, Oh yeah, he's going to start. He's going to get innings. And Oh my God, like I just avoid starting mm-hmm. him. I, I so. look at, I look at every single time. It doesn't even matter what the matchup is. I don't even want to use him. You know, I think his ERA is, in the sixes or something. It's so, ugly. I've got some yeah, drafting old shares too. And it's more, I've, I've been in the same boat where I'm struggling to even put somebody who can pitch. And yeah. I, I think I've had him in there for a couple of those. I know he had like a terrible, terrible outing or two against the Tigers. And he was in the, my lineup for those, but I'm not going to roast the Cardinals. I, I honestly, and I, I'll beat them up plenty of times. But right now I'm like this. They're kind of in that in between. They could they could turn around and tear down. But I honestly, if you're trying to keep a Nolan Arenado around, you can't do that right now. And I, I don't know. I just I don't really feel strongly the way about them. But like I don't want them going out there and buying right now and emptying out the farm because I just don't yeah. think they're going to compete. So make a couple small moves. See if you can slip in, get hot and slip in whenever Flaherty returns. Mikolas should be back soon. But just kind of see if it works out and go from there. Yep, I'm with you. All right. We just gave another full hour plus of discussion after just doing the same thing a few days ago. I'm glad we actually did this on two episodes just because that's a lot of talking. And, yeah, we overlapped a little, but not too much on these guys. So that was a lot of trade discussion. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot. There's so many that – it almost feels like 
this wasn't even all of them, but I, I think we did get them all. So, yeah. Or all the, all the relevant ones, I should say. Obviously there was a few small ones we probably didn't mention, but those don't matter. Yeah. All the big ones. Yep. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I I'm glad we got to do this right after the deadline to give you something to listen to. If you're listening on Saturday, Sunday coming fresh off of all these trades, it's, it was a fun couple days. It was a fun week. And then, Andrew, I haven't mentioned this to you yet, but we're getting really close. We're, you know, now that the MLB trade deadline's come and gone, the next thing that's in a lot of fantasy leagues is the fantasy baseball, like, trade deadline, which is typically mid-August, which means it's time for us to bring back my, my favorite thing we do. I think it's time for us to get the Dynasty Trading Podcast episode for the trade deadline special coming soon. Yeah, we could do that. Probably would be good to do it right after the trade deadline, maybe. No, no, before, because we're giving people discussions, to things to think about before the trade deadline comes and goes. Oh, I thought you meant, like, mention trades that happened. Yeah, yeah, Well, but we also discuss it and kind of give ideas for what you might want to do. Like, give them an extra, like, if we do it right beforehand, we're giving them a chance to think about trades they possibly could throw out there that they didn't, hadn't thought about doing or something like that yeah yeah that sounds good but um we got that coming up we got plenty more we got a two month we got a sprint now for the rest of the season i mean this the trade deadline's passed and i guess there's no august trades happening anymore correct this is uh no i don't believe so this is about when the season started last year i was just that was gonna be my next line it was like this yeah it was like this past week and we had a 60-game season, and we're just passing the 100-game mark this week. So we're basically what we have, what we got last year is we're starting that sprint now. Yeah. So hopefully everybody's hanging in there in, your, in a lot of your fantasy leagues, dynasty leagues, and we got a sprint to go and be thinking about trades because we got some trade discussions to have and. People got to be thinking about getting their teams ready for this final stretch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's going to be uh, going to be fun here down the end. Yep. All right. Well, we'll be back soon. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed all the trade discussions. And until next time, take care, everybody. Yep. Take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 